Without Steve making that bubble computer called the iMac, I wouldn't be where I am right now. If my parents hadn't thought, oh, that's a cute PC, and it's easy enough for our 11-year-old to use, I don't think I'd be half the person I am today. All this might sound silly, but if you know me, you understand why it's true. This is Refresh, a show about things we plug in, program, and play with. I'm Alex Cox. I'm a senior producer at Cards Against Humanity. And I'm James T. Green, an independent designer and developer. So we might have talked uh, about this before on the show, but the day Steve Jobs died, I was dicking around on Twitter and... um, I, I I mean, this was my first year in art school, and uh, I just remember like it it the tweets pouring in all of a sudden, and I just was kind of frozen there. And it was in the evening, um, and I it was super weird because I I've never had such a visceral and strong reaction to somebody um, dying other than my grandpa when I was twelve. And yeah, yeah. And um, I actually like put a bunch of post-its on my uh, door of Steve Job quotes. And um, my roommate was a little concerned because we we, we had like a suite and separate rooms. And she's just like, okay. Um, (laughs) And and later we uh, illegally drank and I kind of poured out why, uh, you know, this is such a tragedy for nerds. Um, But that night I went went to the Lincoln Park Apple store and there were all these, I guess some people would say this is overkill or creepy but there were tons of flowers um like old iphone boxes and it was just really really nice and everybody was kind of sitting there on their iphones um just and and some people would pass by and be like oh what what happened and people like oh steve Jobs died and yeah it it was a bummer um and that's so interesting because we didn't know each other at the time, but I worked at the Lincoln Park Apple store Yeah, when Steve Jobs died. And I remember when I went into work, it was that exact day. And I was actually on the train into work because I still lived in the suburbs, mm-hmm. but I commuted into the uh, Chicago Apple store. And I got a text from a friend of mine and she said, sorry about your boss. And oh. I said, huh? So then I went on Twitter and then that's when I found out. And then I got like a bunch of news alerts like a minute or so afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I was really thrown off too. Like I got off at the North and Clybourne stop and sure enough, they were like hundreds of post-it notes and Mm -hmm. flowers and candles and, and it would just be people that just came off the street. And it was kind of really fascinating to see like this reaction from the general public about, you know, if you think about it, like a CEO of a very successful at the time company, but in fact, like all communicating with these devices that this man like headed, you know, it was like a really Mm -hmm. fascinating moment to see like going in the work and people like legitimately when they were in the story were like, asking everyone like are you okay (laughs) and it was really it was 
I wouldn't necessarily say odd, but it was just something to notice. And mm-hmm. like some people were just like, all right, yeah, it's another work day. Some people were really, really like hurt by it. Mm-hmm. I was kind of in the middle of that feeling. It was more like, whoa, I didn't know that uh, Steve touched these many people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I I actually, now I re- I'm recalling, uh, in, in the following few days, I got a lot of uh, texts from friends and family um, c- consoling me um, about yeah. his death, which is so silly. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not. Uh, this is, I feel like this was also sort of before the... Um, and I mean, people experience grief in different ways. Right. But this is before uh, every time a celebrity or any, anybody died, like Twitter would just have this you know big big outpouring um right it was still early days of twitter too mm-hmm. yeah and, and and uh i don't know i don't know anyway yeah so i think it's five years is it five years i think so yeah so rest in peace steve um i think there was something else that i was like really interested in too is like because you showed me all these books that you have <laughs> alex has a crap ton of Steve Jobs related books. Oh boy. And she brought him in today. Mm-hmm. I took a look at it. We might put a photo of all these books in the show notes. But it got me thinking a lot about like how Steve's like management style, mm-hmm. for better or mm-hmm. for worse, has kind of influenced like how we run our own projects. So I'm curious in your sense, how has that been the case? Um I guess I'm kind of a dick. Uh, true. This is very true. This is very true. Uh, I I was actually watching um the Steve Jobs Lost interview, which is really just a, an interview of uh Steve Jobs that was um never really used for this series uh called Revenge of the Nerds in the nineties. And at the time, I didn't watch it um because it was released right after after his death, and it felt kind of gross because they were really like capitalizing on his death. And I'm like, eh. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it, and I know I I knew most of the quotes, uh, like, uh, uh, d- just with with uh, the the former uh, the first and former CEO of Apple, uh, Scully, and and him saying like, you know, I I chose the wrong guy, and uh, talking about how the computer is the bicycle of the mind, which is that's always been like a huge yeah. thing. Do Do you know the like actual story of that? Uh, refresh me. Um, no he, pun intended. Sorry. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, when he was a kid, he saw this chart that showed um, like the speed of all living things, like compared it to, to all their stuff. Um, I, I'm not explaining. Does that make sense? Like it was like mm-hmm. the, the condor is the like fastest thing. Um, relative to like its uh, like body shape and size, yeah. and humans are way down on the list, except when you add a bicycle, mm. and that's how like he came up with the whole a computer is uh, the bicycle for the mind, which is totally true for me. And oh, we've yeah. talked about how OmniFocus is an extension of my brain, and really, like all of my my, my computers really are. Um, mm-hmm. I also was really surprised the the first computer he ever ever saw was uh one at hp and he was actually he had seen like pictures of old computers um that you know were 
the size of a storage unit and all of that. Um, but he saw this one at HP that it was basically an all-in-one computer. And I was like, that must have been, that was like a, a trigger for him um, <laughs> to be so, just become obsessed with that. Yeah. Um, and then I can totally see in that case why, like, Steve has been such an influence because, like, in a way, like, these products have become, like, total extensions of our brains and especially as like we're both people that like have neurodivergent uh tendencies is that the correct word for it um Mm -hmm. that having things like omnifocus and fitness trackers and these like magical pieces of devices on our bodies and our pockets helps calm our anxieties by knowing that like our information is safely placed in places not in our brain so I can I can definitely see like how that had such an influence on you. There was something that um I I also really really liked about this interview um where he talked about how he thinks everybody should learn how to program because it teaches you how to think in um in a, in a way that uh going to law school teaches you how to think and I found that fascinating and so I So true. So true. I don't know I've never really got into programming like I I have like scripts and stuff like that but I'm like okay shit I need to sit down and at least tinker with Swift mm-hmm. um or even just basic front end stuff like mm-hmm. even just tinkering around with like um at least like thinking about like super basic HTML CSS and like lightweight JavaScript stuff knowing how to like make computers speak their languages is a mind intense exercise i mean i guess i do know i i I do know uh html and but but now it's kind of like cheating because everything supports markdown you know what i mean true um and if you don't know what markdown is uh we'll put that in the show now show notes like that that changed my life it was written by john gruber um anyway uh oh well back to steve's management style Uh, the the best question was what does it mean when you call someone's work shit (laughs) And and he said, well, usually it means that their work is shit. (laughs) Um, And and then he just talked about how the the Mac team was, it it was an A team. And if, if somebody, if he called someone's work shit, it was, he believed that the person knew that it was shit and they knew that they could do better. And if they didn't, um, they needed to know that and they needed that honest feedback and, Sure, he could have been more polite, but mm. well, I kind of feel like as some as we are both technically people that do run a company now <laughs> with like it's technically kind of. still a sole proprietorship, yeah, but we'll, well see. <laughs> and you know, let's get navel gazy for a second. Mm-hmm. But like when I give feedback for anything. I do it out of a point of love because it's like, I know you're capable of something better. Mm-hmm, and I think the mm-hmm. worst thing that I could do as someone in a management position is to say, is to not tell somebody that their work is shit. You right. Know what I mean? right. Cause it's like, you are hindering them back because they're thinking that like, Oh yeah, this is the best I can do. Um, and even like as someone who teaches, like I know like that's what kind of reading, what was it? The Walter 
I, um, Walter Isaacson yeah, biography, that, yeah, which is Jobs, in itself shit. Yeah, but anyway. you know, um, but that was actually, <laughs> but but interesting enough, like that was my first entry point into the life of Steve Jobs. Wow. Yeah, I didn't wow. know that much about him, and mm. I just was told, you know, as someone who worked at the Apple store, it's like, oh, just get this book, just get this book. And I was like, okay. So I did it on my iPad. And mm-hmm. of course, riding a train like two hours, uh, I finished it pretty quickly. And like, that's when I first learned about this ethos of like honest feedback. And, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. You can continue. I'm actually really surprised. Um, but, I think we should link to um, these two episodes of Hypercritical, which is an old show uh, by uh, John Syracuse, who until recently wrote uh, basically 50,000 word reviews of the Mac OS operating system. Um, And they were kind of prolific in the Mac community. But he went on this tirade about how uh, the Steve Jobs book written by Walter Isaacson was a wasted opportunity and it's a it's a tragedy um mm. because and, and the big stack of books i have is is like the source material of all all of of this his official biography and Ooh, that's I, interesting yeah it's i just don't there's so many questions it feels like such a softball of a biography which I mean, um, there there is another um, book that came out more recently um, bec- called "The Evolution of a Reckless Upstart." Uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm reading the um, I'm reading the the subtext. Becoming Steve Jobs: The Evolution of a Reckless Upstart into a Visionary Leader, which I think provides way more insight, and it's written by um, two journalists who were uh, one who was fairly close to Steve Jobs as as um, sort of a friend and. And, uh, you know, not to get into, like, uh, idolization, but um, right. he he was, like, at the private funeral and, and stuff like that. And it really illuminates, I think, how he um, treated his family and how uh, he thought in his personal life as well as in his uh, business um, which if, if you're only interested in sort of the business side, I would highly, highly recommend. Um, I just started reading this actually infinite loop by Michael S Malone. I, it, it's out of print, so you can only find it used, which sucks cause it's huge. And I want to read it on my Kindle, um, as well as revolution in the Valley, which really chronicles the beginning of the, um, or it, it, it chronicle chronicles the, uh, Mac team and, it's super interesting because I feel like that is definitely how Jobs built out uh, Project Purple, which was the iPhone. And uh, I, I just want to know, God, I, I, we know so much about the be- beginning of Apple and we don't know how Apple worked during um, the second coming of Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. if you will. And uh, we we don't know how those teams were formed, and I, ju- I I think eventually those stories will come out, but for now, um, it's a it's a bummer. Um, yeah, yeah. From a from a business aspect, like seems just a very interesting uh, human being. We if we went into like the personal life, we would literally be here all day. <laughs> but you know, just from the sake of like business aspect and just the incredible amount of work. Thank you, Steve. 
Uh, literally, the show would not be made without you. Due to all the shit that we use from <laughs> from you and your team, so thank you. All right, what's next? Uh, on on a I guess happier and more uplifting note, you yes. you brought um Snapchat or are they called Snap Spectacles to to my attention? Yes. Uh, I am not a Snapchat user. <laughs> <laughs> I I well I I should say I did. I did install Snapchat um, when it came out, and instantly it was known as like, oh, this is the place where uh, dick pics are going to happen. And I I think it's a little harsh to say that it was almost a tool for harassment. Um, I I don't think that was ever the intention, but I I don't know. It, It felt gross, and most of my friends weren't using it. And this is the first like social networking platform where I feel like, a grumpy old man. I don't get really? it. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. So so can before we get into it, can you sort of exp- you've been using Snapchat from the beginning? Yes. Yeah, yep. Can can you tell me sort of how the community around it has um, evolved? Sure, sure. So yeah, so when Snapchat came out, it always had this feeling that was so much different than Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, kind of like what I call public facing social networks. Right. And I think the first thing about Snapchat is the fact that it is difficult to use by design. And oh, wait, hold up. Hold up. You think by design it's difficult to use? I think so. I think I'm I'm highly certain that the difficulty to use this piece of software is like by, by nature, like on purpose. And I think the reason of it is because like it invites like kind of like a it feels like a playhouse. Like it feels like how I feel when I make weird net art projects or whenever I come across like a, like, you know, like a lot of artwork that's coming out that's kind of like playing on the idea of like old aesthetic, making things hard to use on purpose, like rejecting the idea of be- beautiful, quote unquote, design. And I feel like Snapchat plays on that because it, it feels something it feels like a pureness in like this beautiful white application black text clean typography world like snapchat feels like a diversion from that first of all well i completely agree with you in terms of like the um uh, the visual aesthetics Mm -hmm. but do you really i can't like the fact that the UI would intentionally be, and, and again, like a Steve Job qu- quote is, um, the UI is design. Um, like mm-hmm. this is, this is something that is supposed to be used by kids. I, that sound, that, that is a very interesting take that sounds totally See, batshit and, and to the me. the fact that you just said like used by kids, like I feel like that's slightly uh, dismissive. No, I, I don't mean? mean it in that way. I, you're, you're right. That sounded super ageist. Um, I should say that it it is meant to be used it's supposed to be i, I feel like it's supposed to be accessible mm-hmm. do you disagree like, like like using like using snapchat kind of feels like the closest thing in like an like in a mobile application sense of like opening a box of legos and just like toying around with shit and seeing what works what doesn't what fits like the idea that I'm like opening up an app, I'm like swiping. It's like, oh, that's how I access the uh, face filters that some sometimes notices my black face. Um, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. Um, or 
oh, that's how you like. Yes. Yesterday. Perfect example. Mm -hmm. Like me and my wife, we've used Snapchat since it started. And we just figured out through like a series of like clicking around and looking at these icons and like playing around with it that we use Bitmojis a lot. Mm -hmm. Bitmojis are the cutest thing, first of all. If you don't know what Bitmojis are. are, they are these cartoon versions of yourself that you can build and they like superimpose them in various situations. Mm -hmm. And we just found out that we can use them in chat. And then Snapchat, since they own Bitmoji, they can know who you're chatting with. And then they put your Bitmojis side by side in the same animations. That's adorable. And you can send them to each other in chat. And we just found it out. And it's like, it's a fun place where iMessage feels like this is a functional place. And I guess that even goes into why they're adding all these fun things into iMessage right now, which is, again, another theory of why some of their design decisions are kind of trying to crib off that idea of discovery as the user interface. But we can go into that another day. I'm I'm like making the uh, I I guess would you call it the skeptical thinking emoji face? You are right, right now. now. You are right um, now because I the love the like, idea of an the, app being like a box of Lego. But this yeah. is a a I don't know if it's publicly traded yet. But this is a company that wants to make money. So why? Mm. Why do that? Like, I I love the idea of a social platform being a game because mm-hmm. lots of people have tried that and failed. Mm-hmm. Um, like, man. I, like, I feel like it's it's also in this way. And it's like, if you think about, like, how Snapchat is versus, let's say, Instagram, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Instagram is known. This is a place where you make beautiful images that are shared publicly with people. Snapchat is the complete opposite of that. So... I would personally feel weird if I opened up Snapchat and I'm given this beautiful interface like Instagram and I'm making intentionally ordinary photographs in it. And I think that might be the reason why, remember they had this new thing that launched, I think it's called like Memories or something, the Snapchat Memories? Yeah. And why it didn't really kick off because it's like that's not what Snapchat's for. So do you not ever save your any of your Snapchats? I only save them if it's like something that's really good that I want to mm-hmm. send to people outside of Snapchat. So like the way I use Snapchat is I have a very, very small friend group there. Mm-hmm. Like out of all my social networks, I think I have like 15 people I follow on Snapchat, like mm-hmm. people that I consider myself close with. Um, including you, Alex. I was and actually thinking, I don't yeah. know if... Yeah, yeah we follow each other on Snapchat. And I never put it on there. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll get something from you. Um, but I keep that super, super tight because like, the stuff I send on Snapchat are very, very, not necessarily like sexy moments, but like intimate in a way that's like, I wouldn't tweet this or I wouldn't post this anywhere. Um, but it's like, it's kind of the closest thing I have to life logging or vlogging or anything of that nature. So do you, do you use Snapchat stories? Yes. Yeah. So Snapchat stories. And it's funny, I had a conversation with a friend of mine about this last night. Uh, so Snapchat stories is when I'll have something that I feel comfortable in sharing with this group of like 15 to 20 people, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's not, to a particular person. So for instance, if I have an inside joke that would only make sense to like one or two or three people, that's when I'll send an individual Snapchat. When I have something that I'm like about my day, 
that I feel comfortable with sharing with this close friend group, I'll add it to my story. So like, for instance, yesterday I was on the bus, I was feeling like shit and I had this coffee. And so I made this like goofy face and like the side eye emoji with my coffee, pretty much saying like, yo, this day is like mad fucked up. Like, <laughs> this is the thing. And I added it to my story and then sent it to a couple people that like I know are also commuting. And then they all sent me back just an image of them. Funny enough, holding coffee, <laughs> commuting, feeling the same way. And it's like that kind of immediacy that kind of comes with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know where I read this, but it was um, a brief thing about Snapchat and how uh, this kid was responding to like 50 messages and like that it was this like ephemeral, like in the moment thing. And yeah. I, and I I know that we both, I think, uh, think that the whole um, we're attached to screens. It's separating us and it's bullshit. It is. Um, yep. It's bullshit. Uh, it's talking. Yeah. It's talking. <laughs> and like- I and I, I don't want to. N- that's a lie. I do want to bring Steve Jobs back into this. Um, I think, okay. <laughs> I think that. Uh, see, I'm still. I love your theory about the Snapchat design, um, but I don't. Mm, I don't know. I. I think. Like I think we should really dive into messages and uh, or iOS 10 messages and the sticker packs at a different time. But I think that is something that Steve would love because it is silly it connects people and we forget that he was a huge proponent of facetime which is something that has changed my life um oh yeah it is like i i travel as as you know listeners because of our major gap gaps in uh show time sometimes um like I, I i get to see my cats and my girlfriend every day which would break my heart if i couldn't do that um and I'm wondering, actually, uh, we haven't talked about sexy times on this show in a while. Do you, did you ever use Snapchat uh, for? Yes. Okay. I did. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just. Yeah. Do, I'm curious. Uh, did you have any snafus at any t- point? Oh, like uh, like someone screenshot or something? Uh, or sending it to the wrong person. Oh, ooh. You know what? I I've not accidentally sent a sexy snap to the wrong person, but there would just be an instance where I'm like doing something that may be considered illegal and I might have sent it to like one person. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And, it, and it was just like not a thing where it's like, oh, snap, I sent that to the no pun intended again. Um, <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have sent it to you. But it was just like, oh, I didn't mean to. And it's just a thing like you kind of like when you've been using Snapchat for so long, you get into the language of send a snap, hit the arrow, boom, 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 send it out. Like, right. In in the boom, 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 meaning tap on the people you want to send it to and then it's out the door and then you just accidentally hit one, but never accidentally sent a sexy snap. Um, Very proud of that. I have uh, received quite a few on accident. Ooh. (sighs) Are they good? No. I mean, I'm sure that some of, I'm sure that uh, some people might find those penises attractive, but- Mm. I did not. Anyway, oh, um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't like. Mm. It, well, what, what constitutes a non-attractive penis? I don't. Well, you know what, James? I don't really know. <laughs> I really, I, I, I guess I prefer um, not necessarily hairless, but some uh, trimming in, mm-hmm. involved. Uh, 
you know, um, so circumcised man, or not. I don't the have bushes? the bushes. Uh, yeah, getting getting those man bushes. Uh, um, and, and, mm. and, 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 oh God. <laughs> If I had the ability to blush, this would have. Like, I don't yeah. know. I don't. I'm a. I'm a. That's fair. I. I don't know. Um, but anyway. Imagine uh, really quick before we move on oh to like God. the main event. Oh like God. imagine. I don't know if someone's done this before, oh. but like, please do not send this to us uh, because I. I don't feel like looking at penises right now. Completely not opposed to dicks, but. I'm wondering if someone has used like the face filters and instead like put their penis on it oh and for then, sure and then like the penis it like shows up as like a nose on there okay that's really funny yeah i'm that sure is, that's happened i've um, seen i've seen a vine though and then we'll move on of someone that drew a face <laughs> on their butt <laughs> and they did the face swap with the butt face <laughs> and a real face and then it was it was like the best vine yeah, it was, it was a great vibe. Oh, um, okay. So yeah, I, so let's talk about the spectacles uh, real quick. Real, I'm really fascinated by Real this. quick. I, oh, okay. I am, I am <laughs> Alex Cox42 on Snapchat. Um, And if I I am so, I don't want to see your penis, but if you can put your penis on your face or in, in I am all for it. I swear to God, I won't. I, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. That's going to be really close. Like, we're going to really get to know our listeners. Uh, Yeah. If I, we... Eh. Okay, so if Alex like just like calls me over in the office, like, "Yo, I got a snap to send you." I don't want to know whose dick it is. I okay. Anyway, I, anyway, uh, I, I'm I'm just curious. I, this week, I'm going to try to get to because I feel I, I've sort of observed you using Snapchat, just like looking through and like replying really, really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to use it. Yeah, but no, it's really fun. I just sent a Snapchat while Alex was talking to my story. <laughs> All right. Uh, can can you tell me a little bit about um, are are they specs spectacles? Um, spectacles. But if we want to be cool, we can call them specs. But I think the I like actual specs. <laughs> specs. <laughs> little specs. Um, yeah. So I am super fascinated by these spectacles. Mm-hmm. So the main reason why I'm incredibly uh, fascinated by them is that they look cool as fuck. They're actually well designed. But the interesting thing about them is, like, if you're not familiar with them, so mm-hmm. Snapchat first, they renamed their company to Snap Inc. because they are, they called themselves, quote unquote, now a camera company, I want to say. That's super interesting. Yeah, yeah. So they are now referring to themselves as a camera company, which is super interesting. And so they're now Snap Inc. And they released their first hardware product, which is called Spectacles. And essentially what Spectacles are, are, theory, are a pair of sunglasses that are well designed but in fact there is a camera um around the arm i want to say of the sunglasses that will record um whatever you want i believe up to 10 seconds and it automatically uploads it to your snapchat story i am now looking at the um spectacles website for the first time and uh it's advertise there there seems to be naked people um mm-hmm. Wearing these, see, I couldn't pull these off. I'm gonna get them. You but don't think you could? Maybe the, the blue black ones. One. Oh, are there black ones? I have not seen. Yeah, the all black ones. You oh, could totally okay. pull off. The okay, all black those are ones. pretty cool. Um, yeah, they, they're about the same shape as your eyeglasses. Yes, uh, you could totally pull those off. 
I, I'm well. Well, in and here's the thing, though. I'm. Uh, I can't see if I don't have my glasses. <laughs> oh yeah, this is true. Um, uh, and and here's the thing. I was pulling for Google Glass. I think it almost got to the point where it was uh, not creepy enough and visually appealing enough that it it was just ahead of its time. Um, so I'm gonna watch this video. For the, would you call it a trailer? I guess. Um. So it's not an official ad. It feels like it's like a video that shows off the specs in action. So like the closest thing I can think gotcha. of is like remember the intro video that showed off Google. Sorry, Android Wear for the first time. No, I probably okay. didn't. <laughs> okay, probably so didn't. so it was just like a video. It was about like a one minute spot. And it just mm-hmm. showed like Android wear in action by like very hip looking young people. Uh, so it's essentially this is the Snapchat spectacles thing. All right. So checking this out. You got the YouTube link up. Oh, there. There sure are millennials. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So you're watching the skateboarding one, right? I I am. Oh, are there more? Oh, that's the one, right? Yeah. This I'm watching a skateboarding video. Yeah. And the interesting thing about this while you're watching it is that the video that's recorded using the spectacles, Mm -hmm. it's recorded in a round format. So no matter how you twist the phone, whether it's in portrait or landscape, Mm -hmm. the video still stays in the same dimension. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's meant to mimic the human eye vision. So you can but you cannot view um, anything through these glasses, right? It's purely a. okay, gotcha. Um, now I'm watching the what's clearly uh, targeted towards parents. Oh, oh, wow! That that tugged some heartstrings. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So the first video was really I, I I'm you know being being a bit of a dick, uh, but <laughs> it, it it was super super cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like the the thing I think is genius of these spectacles is that they are sunglasses, so mm-hmm. you probably will look like a dick if you're wearing them inside. Or if oh, you are wearing so them true. inside, or if you're wearing them inside, it would be in a place that that like makes sense. Like you're at a concert, you know. Right, right. And your people wear sunglasses at concerts. You know, cool people do that. <laughs> too. I've seen that. Uh, <laughs> hey, those light shows are pretty bright. So, and that would make sense to wear the spectacles, or you'd be outside. So they're more useful in that case. And they have the light that shows off if you're recording or not, because the little ring mm-hmm. around that. An interesting thing is like there's only one. I believe there's only one camera. The other one is, in fact, a mirrored image. Interesting. Yeah. I uh, and and another thing that I like about these, and I I don't think this is going to be the case forever, but um, it's like oh, somebody like people people know when you have your iPhone out that you are taking a photo. Um, right. And this is like ah, they've they've got those silly glasses. They're they're taking a a photo. Like um, it 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 doesn't feel creepy to me. Right. Yeah. So I think like they're really, really on to something here. And I think because Snapchat has like the cachet of being like a company that kind of like, has, you know, here I am. Oh, man, I feel like I'm I'm, I'm hitting this point. OK, so brief aside, <laughs> I was on the train the other day. And there were a bunch of drug teens around me. I refer to drug teens as any group of like five or more teenagers that smell like four loco. And this was, in fact, like 
these group of teens. They were on the way to like a music festival. They had bands on their wrist. And they were walking around like through the train and one bumped into me and said, sorry, sir. The first time I was ever served oh, by man. a teenager. So I feel like I've crossed this threshold as a 20, am I 27? Yeah, 27 year old man. So anyway, I going back, I definitely feel like Snapchat has the ability to pull something like this off because they have that market of like young folk and people that like give a damn about fashion i'll be honest those google glasses were not cute no i would not wear those shits but i would Uh, wear the hell out of these snapchat spectacles even if i wasn't taking video the thing with google glass though is it 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 looked fine if it was on your own glasses like but oh god you would actually have like that huge ass like arm poking out of your really fashionable (sighs) architecture glasses right now i okay so the reason I have these glasses, which people seem to love, oh my God, Eliza Hamilton said she liked my glass. Anyway, <laughs> mm, a- anyway, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's weird. I, I've found that I've ac- accidentally become a little bit more fashionable. Um, oh, do tell. Uh, and, and I'm going to bring this back to my buddy Steve again. Um, there's, <laughs> there's so many articles about, uh, like, why did Steve Jobs wear the same outfit every day? Why does Mark Zuckerberg only wear a gray T-shirt and jeans? There's a very simple answer. It's easy. And there are some people who don't care and don't know how to dress. And I am one of them. Hello. Um, and I am very actually, uh, this is, okay, this is super off the rails, but um, I am super inspired by fashion, actually. Like, Whoa. Uh, yeah, for, I'm going to clip this out yep. and put it on repeat <laughs> and send but this to you every time. And, and, and like, it is super, I don't know, like, the way that... Um, I don't I love Project Runway. I love the it's a good show. I, I don't know. Um but I just got these like 10 shirts from Old Navy that I would uh I would do a, I did a little cuff for them cuz they look too nerdy um on the sleeves and people fucking love Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, you're this? talking about the shirts that like I in fact saw and in fact bought like three shirts that are just like them? Yeah, yeah. it was an accident. Um I honestly bought those because I was like, shit, those are some <laughs> cool shirts. And I asked you I said, "Alex, where would you get those?" And then I found similar shirts. Yep. Um it was, they were good shirts. Yeah, it's very I I I have though um ever since i tell this story all the time but uh (laughs) as soon as i got my first real job i uh, stopped wearing vans and started wearing nike shoes because they're so much lighter and so much more comfortable um (laughs) and they look terrible but they're super comfy they're they're good sneakers nike free not like like the new balance the steve jobs new balances uh so one one time my mom for christmas got me uh purple new balances that had my name on them (laughs) <laughs> they're really cute i like them my my fiance does not enjoy when I them. oh boy <laughs> do, do, does your uh wife ever say like you look like shit today um because i i get that i don't so <laughs> i i usually get like oh my god you're so cute today which is really like the way of mel, yeah. mel saying like oh my god you <laughs> you put on real clothes today okay so 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 i get I get the you look cute today. Um, like if I get like a good color combination going, mm-hmm. like I'll mm-hmm. get that. Like I've gotten to know like what my wife's favorite shirts of mine are. Same, but same. the last time I got you look 
like shit is like probably when we first started dating, which was like well, well, a couple of years ago. And so, yeah, we're talking about fashion. I'm so glad we're talking about fashion on the show. <laughs> we always want to do this. So I made very questionable fashion choices in the early days of like our relationship. Mm-hmm. So I loved bright colors. If anyone here listening remembers the days of Blog House, Blog House, H-A-U-S, it was like pretty much like this electro movement where like all the sounds were compressed. Um, Basically, they were like songs made by like basement DJs and like they were just like placed on blogs and everyone Mm -hmm. wore like highlighter colors and like bright sunglasses, kind of like the uh, Snapchat. Uh, spectacles and like all over print hoodies and pretty much look like a mixture of urban outfitters and American apparel just threw up on the same outfit along with a bandana. <laughs> that was my fashion aesthetic. Every color you can think of. And I think I had my favorite hoodie, which was in fact like it was green red yellow purple and it was like mixing this glitch pattern and it had fur (laughs) on the hood i shit you not had fur on the hood and i had like colored pants i had a white studded belt and i had these bright like colorful sneakers and i had like a colorful hat and i still remember like my wife's like what the fuck are you wearing (laughs) and i thought i looked like the shit and since then i've never worn something like that again I get a lot of uh, like, oh, you're actually wearing color today because all of my uh, shirts are either really, um, or I, sh- I should say my t-shirts, um, well, I actually, I'm wearing a Hamilton t-shirt today, yeah. anyway, um, are gray or purple mm-hmm. um, because I like purple and yeah. it's, colors are hard, James. They're very they hard. They are. They are. So uh. that is again to come back around because we are a professional show that that's why I think uh, Snapchat Spectacles will be successful because they are in fact something that people want to wear. Just like apple watches but again that's another story um (laughs) do you think i could pull off orange orange what Uh, anything orange i feel like you can pull off a not a bright orange but a pastel orange t-shirt so perhaps well and this goes with my um alexpiracy of of what? Johnny of Johnny Ive secretly uh Having a thing about orange. Yeah, we yeah about this. I really think I I'm and I bet if they could anodize an orange wait, was there an orange iPhone S or a five uh what was it? Five C? No. What what colors were I'm I'm very It was like pink, blue, white, hmm. uh lime green, and one other color. I'm always, I, I really truly am like baffled by so many of the color choices uh, that Apple makes. Um, I, I I don't know, man. The, the, the current like muted colors, it just feels so. It's safe. It is. It's so safe. And even, even the cases now, they're, they're all like muted colors. Um, I don't know. How do you, you are very much a, uh, as as someone who wore a bajillion in one colors, like I'm not proud of that choice. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> if you, I'm brave, I will put a photo of that hoodie in the show notes. I think it's interesting that um, 
you know, S- Steve wore his uh, black hoodie, or mm-hmm. not black hoodie, oh God, that'd be adorable, his uh, weird black turtleneck, but it, in his time, it really, like, the, the, I, the, sh- the IMAX were, um, the, the colored IMAX were a brief thing, but I, I don't know. This, this isn't. Are you, are you talking about like, um, the idea of the device being less utilitarian and more as an expression? Yeah. So you're asking my thought on that? Yeah. So, hmm, I waver back and forth about that. Like some days. I feel like the devices in your life should fade into the background as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So they should be free of of adornment or should be as close to its purest form as possible. But then some days I'm just like, no, they are, as you said at the top of the show, an extension of our bodies, an extension of our brain, an extension right. of our expression. So, like, I'm looking at my laptop. It has a shit ton of stickers on it. Mm-hmm. My case is a bright red case because I love the fucking color red. My iPad is a bright blue case because it's an expression of me. So it's kind of, I think it's the same way where I'm comfortable with my personal devices being bright. But like at the same time, I would be uncomfortable with a bright red fridge in my house. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get a lot of shit for my apartment being very stark um, and, yeah. and like gray and black and white. Yeah. But Our apartment's super bright. I yeah, your apartment is you. There was like an uh, we should, please put in the show notes. I, the, I will uh, ex, expose of your apartment. Um, yeah, we got featured on Design Sponge. which yeah. is like, yeah, that was super cool. But I, I really agree. Like I, uh, as as you know, I'm finally able to go caseless again with my iPhone um, because I got the jet black, which is really grippy. And yes, there's fingerprints and scratches all over. But I love that patina. Like um, there's actually more scratches on the front of my screen, which has never happened with an iPhone. Um, but it's like I see that scratch when the screen is off. And uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's where my cat bit my phone. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, man, I don't know, because uh, Steve always talked about like how like personal devices were. And, um, you know, the when the iPad came out, uh, he, he was sitting on that chair. And, and yes, um, unfortunately, it's because he could not stand very long. But it's like, yeah, this oh, is something that was the reason why. I mean, it's there's speculation, but but still, like that is how you yeah. use an iPad is uh, on your couch, um, and in my case, usually on my couch with my partner, and we're like watching them YouTube videos or uh, I don't know, or reading in bed. Yeah, yeah. So it's something that I think about a lot, and it's this idea of the purest technology formed mixed with like the completely expressive technology form. I don't have an answer for it, but it kind of like turns in my head from day to day. I mean, I think this is, man, we're going long, but this is good. Uh, I, I think about, man, and, and now I'm really thinking about Snapchat, how maybe let's, like, let's let the devices disappear and the art is really software. Yeah. Um, one thing that sort of breaks my heart and I hope isn't true is um, when the first iPhone came out, it was Steve was all about, hey, you can make web apps because Safari is so great. And that was bullshit. <laughs> we all know that was bullshit. We all jail, we, we jailbroke our phones right away. Um, and I wonder if that was just like a, people aren't ready for this and we want to show them how to make good apps um, versus he truly thought that the platform should be that closed. Mm. Um, and I don't know. That's something 
that well again to go back to that uh interview is he was like i'm i'm not and i don't know how true this is but he's like <laughs> i'm not af- afraid to admit that i'm wrong and i wonder if like scott forstall uh who at the time was sort of the the head of uh ios was like listen we we need apps because um when I look at my phone, the parts that are the extension of my brain mostly aren't Apple stock apps. Yeah. Um, not this. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you have do you have any other insights? Software is art. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it's something that like I'm gonna be thinking about like for the rest of this week. Uh, but until then, like I don't know. I'm gonna continue to do Snapchat. I'm gonna continue to have fun with it. But now I'm going to be looking at it more critically and thinking about, okay, how are these ways, like, what are these uh, further extensions of my brain? I'm really going to try to think of Snapchat as a form of ephemeral art. And uh, please add me, um, fuck Twitter, uh, add me on Snapchat. (laughs) I'm at Alex Cox, spelled the other way, C-O-X, for two. Mm. Um, And yeah, let's, let's see how this goes. Yeah. And if you have a penis pick, I'm sure you'll let me know. (laughs) (laughs) You get to do one replay of an account. Oh, do you really? Yeah. So if you find one, text me and I'll come to your desk and we'll look at it together. Um, You have anything coming up? Uh, well, actually, I am going to be in Ireland at the end of November at the Ool or Ol conference. I still don't know how it's pronounced. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it seems like an absolutely lovely, delightful conference. And I've never been to Europe and I'm very excited. Anyway, um, I'm going to be giving a brief talk about uh, mental illness. And, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I'm. It, it's not a forum. The, the, the theme of the conference is think different. And it's really kind of like an Apple and design-centric thing. Um, but I don't really get to talk about mental illness that much. And I, I it's always been, you know, you, you know, a passion of mine of trying to break down the stigma and also break down... Um, you know, it's it's so often romanticized, and I I just want to be like, hey, we think different. Here's how we think differently, but don't you know, don't Hemingway us. Like, I I, I can you tell that I have not written this talk yet? <laughs> anyway, um, I believe that sales end today. So if we if we if we release this episode, um, <laughs> Wednesday, um. December. I wish it was December. October 5th. October 5th. And um, please, please uh, consider coming. Yeah. And also, the both of us are going to be at NerdCon, uh, I believe is next week, um, at the time of this recording, uh, from October 14th through the 16th. Mm -hmm. We're going to be giving some talks about podcasting. And then as far as personal travels goes, I'm going to be visiting New York. I want to say later on this month and then in November, I'm going to be visiting L.A. So if I have any folks that listen to the show and y'all live in those two spots, I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. We'll make sure that James uh, and I have uh, our little stickers wherever we go. Yes. <laughs> uh, also, if you go to postloudness.com slash events, both of us, um, although on different days, we're going to be participating in the Chicago Podcast Festival um, and it's the inaugural one and we're super, super excited. Tickets are like 25 bucks, but that's, um, for, uh, like two or three shows live every night and there are different venues in the city. And I am so, so excited to be a part of this. Um, yeah. 
not refresh is not doing a show, but um, I am doing a show with one of my better podcast halves, Savannah Million, and oh. you can find our show on Twitter at at RoboismCast. Yeah. So this has been a, another episode of Refresh where the F and F5 stands for fashion. <laughs> We're super fashionable today. Post loudness.